welcome in. It's the August 22nd Sunday edition of the PFF Betting Podcast. We had a full slate of Saturday preseason action, a couple Canadian Football League games, and we are, uh, you know, six days out from college football kickoff at this point in time. I'm excited. I know my co-host Eric, he's in the building. He's excited as well. Eric, how are you feeling uh, about the Saturday preseason action that you saw before you at this point? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, unders didn't go quite as well as even like some second half ones. I know we're just finishing the Minnesota game. That one was nice. Uh, you know, the Houston-Dallas second half was nice and then full game, I think, as well. I think you even got full game in Tennessee, although that was because Tampa didn't do anything. Uh, but we, uh, we talked about one Pittsburgh-Detroit that lost, um, so that that was not a good one. Um, you know, Atlanta did not. Atlanta was five point underdogs, apparently for a reason, I guess. And right. Baltimore continues to win. You were right about the Jets, so I'll give you that. And my right. God, did Buffalo absolutely? Just, I mean, Mitch Trubisky looked like like there were two players who were second overall picks who played today at quarterback. Mitch, Trubisky looked Mitch every Trubisky bit the part, <laughs> as did Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson making me feel extremely good about having the Jets over six wins there. I think we underestimated how, uh, you know, friendly of a quarterback environment that's going to be for, right. for him there with Davis and, you know, obviously uh, Elijah Moore, but also a pretty good offense line. I know Carl Lawson got hurt this week is out for the season, but on offense, they should be fine. Right. Right. And I do think, you know, Corey Davis looks like basically a target monster at this point in time. Everyone's raving about him. Obviously, we're going to see his ADP rise quite a bit. Um, you know, other players were probably going to see similar things. But yeah, the Jets, I think they were my favorite play all week outside the Jaguars that we still have coming up here on Monday night. Uh, and then Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions got through the back door, putting up 20 points in the fourth quarter. But with David Blau at quarterback, uh, you know, we thought they were going to battle hard. They came back and they did battle hard. I think Ben Roethlisberger probably looked better than we would have expected in that first quarter. Um, had some success during a pat for mirror for move. I guess is, uh, yeah. the better Frymuth is the better pronunciation <laughs> yeah. at this point in time. Um, but yeah, I mean Pittsburgh, they look decent. I think there's obviously a lot of mouths to feed on that offense, especially in the pass catch situation. So we'll see if uh, Freemuth is going to be able to be fantasy relevant. But he looked like uh, the t- number one tight end option over Eric Ebron. So that was kind of a big takeaway uh, from my perspective. Um, you know, Atlanta didn't get it done for us. Agent McCarron, I think, got hurt, kind of banged up, didn't end up going back into the game. Obviously, that had some impact on it. But uh, the Miami Dolphins offense looked really good as well. So I don't know. It'll be uh, interesting to see. But I, you know, the totals definitely didn't get there. Kind of like you mentioned, Tennessee Tampa Bay didn't go under. I think that was 34 and a half points. Uh, Tennessee almost covered that by themselves. Tampa Bay's field goal in the second quarter was the key differentiator. Did go over that 34 and a half point total. So in all in all, uh, it was an over day at this point in time. I think we kind of, you know, we did expect it to happen at some point in time. Uh, the books kind of had baked a little, a little bit into the market. And I think, you know, we saw that play out. So in saying that, we got to move on to Sunday, August 22nd, Giants, Cleveland, 34 and a half, 35 point total, San Francisco, LA Chargers, 33 and a half point total. Are you still going to be riding the under train here on Sunday, Eric? Uh, I, I mean, I, you almost have to um, still get a almost with it. almost have to it, look. Both of them are sort of in the mid mid part there. 
Um, you know, the Niners one would be the one I'd struggle with. I might wait till second half, see like how long Lance plays uh, versus Garoppolo. Giants, Browns, I mean, the Giants are not a, an, an efficient football team. They're probably not going to do like all the things needed to go over, you know, in a, in a, in a regular season game. So why would they hear? Right. Um, neither one of these teasers is really getting you past a key number. Um, so, you know, again, it might be a situation where you look at the dogs here. Um, you know, Joe judge is a coach, uh, whose team plays hard, uh, much like Campbell. I'm not necessarily like using that as like a positive thing as much as like, it just like, they're not going to not try, I guess. So that, so that's an important piece of context there. Um, when you look at this other game, you know, the chargers are five and a half point underdogs. I think that's because they're not playing Justin Herbert in all likelihood, um, but that's a lot of points, you know, in a game that has a lot of variance. Um, when you look at Monday night football, 39 point total, that does seem pretty high and it's juiced towards the over. Um, you know, you are going to see some wins and you are going to see some hail. You're, you're going to see two quarterbacks competing for a spot also in Jacksonville, weirdly. So that might be why that number is pretty high. Again, I think probably in game options are going to be better uh, than some post game right. options there. Um, but just keep your, your sort of dauber up. Uh, for what ends up happening. Yep. So I think one takeaway that I've kind of seen basically in both the total and the spread market is uh, the bookmakers are kind of favoring teams that have a healthy quarterback healthy healthy quarterback competition happening, right? So we see the San Francisco 49ers, six and a half, five and a half point favorites, basically, uh, depending on the book you're looking at. Uh, obviously, the bookmakers expect to see a significant amount of Trey Lance, of Jimmy Garoppolo, um, and, you know, kind of the similar thing with New Orleans, Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston, going to see a number of reps. Obviously, Jacksonville is apparently having some sort of quarterback controversy as <laughs> well. I don't know if I really buy into that that much. Bookmakers aren't really buying into that that much either. But even on the, you know, the games that we saw on Saturday as well, some of these quarterback competition teams are getting a number of, they're getting a lot more love in the, in the, from the bookmakers' perspective than any of the other teams. So I think we'll see how that plays out in week two and heading into week three. But that might be a spot where we see just um, a little bit overcorrection or an overreaction to that situation. That could be a spot where coming up here for the week three in the preseason, uh, we could be potentially fading that. But we'll see. We're going to be talking about that heading into Tuesday morning's PFF betting podcast. So we'll get into that a little bit more. But we'll see. So another key takeaway, we didn't get to talk about it yesterday, but Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had... Um, a somewhat significant ankle uh, sprain happened on that game on Friday night. What are your thoughts? What are your initial takeaways? Basically, Eric, are you playing this from a season-long prop perspective? Or do you think there's any other angle that you could potentially profit off of the initial news that we have out of Kansas City? Yeah, I mean, I played under 900 yards, um, you know, for him for the season. You know, obviously, there, there's a chance he comes back and, and there's a chance that he, you know, goes over that total. We have him at 914.8 we have been playing you know all 17 games there's a chance obviously that happens with a low ankle sprain but as our, our friend mario plato said like you know th this can linger with him for a while and the chiefs right. are not really a team that is all that dogmatic about who they give the ball to at the running back right. position we saw you know them stick their neck out and find lady on bell during the middle of a season and then you know when it was time to play playoff games they went with Daryl Williams ahead of him in the running back pecking order, a guy who they don't have a ton of in invested in. Um, you know, nowadays, you know, they have Jarek McKinnon who was signed. And I think 
is going to make the team um, and is a good special teams player as well, but they're not exactly, you know, using him. um, You know, they're not using him ahead of Daryl Williams either. And we saw Darwin Thompson get some run. He looked kind of electric, although he tried to run over some people like the the chiefs have enough mouths in the backfield. Um, You know, they might run more this year because they don't as, as you know, as at the time of this have a number two receiver that anybody is all that excited about. Um, but but there there's certainly like um, a concern here for Edwards Lair, and you know it, it's kind of crazy. But draft a guy in the first round in two straight seasons, he's not going to go over a thousand yards. That that's a tough pill to swallow. But that's one that I'm right. currently going to bet. Right. Yeah. Definitely. And I agree with you. And I do think you know based on what Mario said about the injury situation. Obviously, if you hear ankle sprain, you're not necessarily that concerned this far out from the season, three weeks, basically where we're at at this point in time. But uh, the nature of the injury, where it's actually at, I do think it could, you know, it sounds like it could definitely linger. So I do think if you are seeing some Clyde edwards Lair futures props, uh, if he misses one or two games to start the season, if things not necessarily change completely in that Kansas City Chiefs backfield, but if the, uh, the distribution of carries is altered at all because he misses the first two weeks of the season, and he's going to have a really difficult time getting over 900 uh, rushing yards at that point. So I, I'm definitely with you. I think that is probably the best bet to take away from the news at this point in time. Um, but we'll see. I don't really think it at all, you know, has any impact on any other situation that you could possibly bet on. But it is something that you should continue to monitor. Uh, make sure you keep up with all the latest injury news. Fortunately, that was the only really significant news that happened on Saturday from an injury perspective, at least as far as what I'm seeing at this point in time. So One, one um, bet I not did place, too- Ben, based upon an injury this week, and it was Carl Lawson, a guy we really like, a guy okay. who has, you know, fantastic um, data. Like, I'm looking right now, we have, and you know, I don't know exactly how much we're supposed to say about this, but, you know, using our data and using uh, the the next-gen stats data, we do have like kind of a more advanced pass rushing sort of model that we have internally. Um, it was one of the reasons I really like Tyus Bowser staying with with uh, the Ravens in the stead uh, of Yannick Ngakwe and Matthew Judon. Yep. Um, but you look at Carl Lawson, Lawson a season ago, um, he was one of the best players in the league at winning pass rushes. Almost 20% of his pass rush plays were wins. Almost 16% were pressures for the, you know, for what I was measuring here. Um, the, the bet I now like in that stead is Brian Burns. I got him at about 18 to one, um, to, to win that, uh, that pass rushing, you know, the sack title. Um, last season, he had the similar pressure rate as Carl Lawson in 410 pass rushes. He had a win rate about 15% as well, but his NGS win rate was, almost as high too. Like he's getting off the football really well. And at 18 to one, uh, one pass rusher that's not in that mix anymore makes that, you know, every bit the more likely. Fantasy football season is here. And no one can prepare you better for your draft than PFF. For just $9.99, you can get access to PFF's fantasy football draft guide, player rankings and projections. I'm dropping new projections basically every day at this point in time. Some other content writers are also coming out with articles every single day on the rankings. You can get basically all of PFF's locked article content, cheat sheets for your fantasy draft, plus so much more. Again, that's PFF's fantasy suite for just $9.99. Draft smarter than your league mates this season. Pacquiao versus Ugas is this weekend, and DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is offering 100 to 1 odds on a punch being landed at any point during the fight. That's right, bet $1 on either fighter, and if a punch lands during the fight, you will cash $100 in free credits. 
Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PFF when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits when you bet on either fighter to win and a punch is landed during the fight. Place your bet and watch the fist fly this weekend. That's code PFF to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Right, definitely. I mean, and we'll see, you know, if you do believe in the Jets potentially being over six-win team like we do at this point in time, they could be, you know, in some more games, have some more opportunities from a pass rush perspective to, exact, you know, kind of accumulate some of those sack statistics. So I'm I'm definitely on board with that as well. I do like that play quite a bit. I got to ask you one more question before we get out here today. We haven't seen, you know, Trevor Lawrence, we haven't seen Trey Lance. Obviously, we don't put too much stock in what's happening in the preseason, but all indications from Zach Wilson, from Justin Fields, even from Mac Jones to a certain extent, are that these guys are going to be high-quality starters in the NFL for quite some time, right? Knowing what we know about previous quarterback classes and things like that, it's really easy to say, you know, one of these guys is going to bust. A couple of these guys are going to bust. Are there is there anybody that you would point to at this point in time um, that is probably the most likely to bust? Or are you kind of of the mindset that this could be an outlier class where all these guys are at least, you know, decently to high-end starters, right? Like Mac Jones, you know, plays similar to somebody like Kirk Cousins or something like that. Is that what you can kind of say from this draft class uh, with the information that we have at this point in time? Or is there any other takeaways that you have from the five first-round draft picks that we have available at this point? Not really. I mean, here's the thing. Like, I, I would say, statistically speaking, the guy with the bet – the guy with the biggest chance to bust is Trey Lance. Like, and, and I know that people, that's not popular because he's got a great arm. That's not popular because he's likable. All these guys are likable, by the way. Um, I think the guy with the highest ceiling and, and no one, you know, I don't think it's like, you know, people don't like saying this because Lawrence has been the guy for years, but the guy with the highest ceiling is Zach Wilson. And, and that's what my statistics say. And I'm going with it. Um, the guy I think with the highest floor to ceiling ratio is probably Mac Jones. Like I, I think, and, and uh, Timo Risky was, um, uh, was talking to me on Friday and he was like, they should play Mac Jones right now because you know, you're not waiting out on some like humongous ceiling, right? You're not, right. you're not like with Trey Lance. It's like you could, you could make the floor higher with a year of seasoning and that ceiling is still hanging out there and it's worth the wait. With Mac Jones, it's like the floor is already pretty high. The guy's an accurate passer. He looks the part as far as an intelligence standpoint, but the ceiling might not be the highest. So why don't you just play him right away? Um, you know, I, I think Lawrence, I think the world of Lawrence is a prospect. Um, you know, but I don't, I think he's kind of in the middle of the pack of both of them in this group of five. But I do think the guy at the highest ceiling, Zach Wilson, um, especially given, you know, the fact that I think the Jets are going to be a sneaky, decent team um, that's that, you know, is going to surprise some people with with how good they can be offensively. The Bears might not even give Justin Fields a chance, either from a right. getting on the field perspective <laughs> or a the perspective of like he's running for his life all the time because that offensive line is terrible and they have a tough schedule. Yep, definitely. I agree. I love that take. I do think that is a hot take with Zach Wilson at this point in time, but it is something that you have basically stuck to throughout the entire draft process with how well Zach Wilson looked in some of our college pro mechanisms. 
grading, charting, those sorts of things. So I do think uh, it is going to be an interesting season. Obviously, these five are going to be tied together for quite some time. I uh, will be continuously evaluating them. Make sure you're checking out everything at PFF.com, getting all the latest NFL news. We're definitely going to be helping you with your fantasy drafts, betting. It's a lot of great a lot of great content coming out in that betting category, especially especially if you like uh, college football. We're going to be attacking some of those lines all week next week, so make sure you get on that PFF green line, NCAA dashboard. There is still some value on the board at that point in time. From Ben Brown, joined by Eric Eager, we appreciate you guys listening to the PFF Betting Podcast. Podcast.